This is the Fantasy Road Show. What's going on? What's up, all you roadies? Back again. Uh, we are here, and we are live. Right, Mike? We are live, 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 live. Yeah. So, um, welcome in, everybody. Check us out on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Fantasy underscore Trucker. You can find him on Twitter at Culls underscore Sports. You can find us on YouTube at YouTube.com slash Sports Ethos. Did I forget anything, Mike? Oh, little peach vibe. Peach vibe action. Hell yeah. It is the it is the official no, unofficial. This is, yeah, this is the official unofficial drink of the fantasy road show uh peach peach vibe yeah peach vibe is top two i don't know i'm between peach vibe and fuji apple pear all the time so yeah i stick with the three pack that i get from this uh, that arctic uh arctic uh, vibe excuse me peach vibe and tropical vibe. all right so yeah um tight end rankings you didn't miss anything uh, we will be probably going the route of creating a sub stack. Um, and that way you guys okay. subscribe to the sub stack. You'll receive articles. Um, you'll receive our rankings, which I think during this off season, what we're going to probably, we talked it over a little bit. What we'll plan on doing is letting the preseason week one go through. And then that Monday release our um, maybe maybe do like Monday evening release our rankings for our updated rankings for the week. So make sure you subscribe to the Substack. We'll provide you information with that um, on Twitter uh, on, I guess, you know, next recording when it's set up, I'll do that this afternoon and we'll have that information for you, but we're going to have an ECR, which will be the combined rankings of myself, Ryan, uh, that'll be our average ranking. That'll be the fantasy roadshow rankings. And then we will have uh, our individual rankings and uh, just keep working on those as, uh, as, as the season you know, comes up. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. They will be changing uh, with all the news and notes that come out. Well, yeah. I mean, preseason week one, we got news today that uh, Deshaun Watson will be starting on Friday's game. All right. Um, let's see. We have, CJ Stroud is starting tomorrow night, Thursday the 10th, that is. Okay. So we're going to see some starting quarterbacks. Uh, I'll be tuning in. I didn't watch the Hall of Fame game, to be completely honest. You didn't miss much. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, I knew that was going to be the case, and I didn't want to get the football itch yet. So, yeah. um, you know, whether that's one quarter, a couple drives, we're going to see some starters. Um, knocking off some rust. So I'm excited for this week. Uh, oh, yeah. Pre-season. Yeah, what's there not to be excited about? NFL football is back. Buckle up, roadies. All right, so like Mike said earlier, today we are talking about um, redraft tight ends. Um, talking, we're going to go over through probably the top 20, uh, just covering draftable tight ends who you should be considering t- drafting in your home leagues, work leagues, whatever leagues. I want to start this off by asking you about tight end premium. Is that something that you like or dislike? Tight end premium is something that I find very interesting and I've been trying to implement it, but 
for some reason, I can't get anybody yeah. else on board. Uh, nobody wants a piece of this no. tight end rank, tight end premium. Uh, in my perfect league, what I would love to try out is kind of a, a staggered um, PPR, so to speak, where uh, running backs get 0.5 wide receivers. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Is it one of the two between running backs or wide you receivers? Be, I can't, you, I what you're trying to say while, is but, wide receivers, um, half point running back full point tight ends point and a half i think so i think that makes sense right but it would be i would not enjoy that um at all i would hard pass i would say if you if you want to do tight end premium and and you're really interested in getting into it check out that ffpc i think is the website where they have um live managed leagues you can join managed leagues at any time and i know they have a they do a lot of tight end premium. So, um, yeah, I would not be joining you on that, on that journey, but yeah, I just, it just kind of levels out the, uh, the playing field a little bit. Cause a lot of, uh, you know, we, what we're going to be talking about today, <clears throat> excuse me, um, is, you know, after you get a certain point down, you know, pretty shallow on this tight end list, it's yeah. pretty streamable. You know, it's uh, the reason why I think a lot of people are adapting to the super flex with quarterbacks. Everybody was just streaming quarterbacks and wasn't valuing the position in drafts. And I think that's the same way here with uh, average tight ends are pretty, pretty not not really exciting in your in your I drafts. Disagree. And on your so lineup, I think so. that <clears throat> I know what you're saying about the quarterback, but I think it's more about it's not that I disagree. I think I I think it's more something else. I I think it gets more quarterbacks involved in it and adds an element of strategy in super flex. Whereas like tight end premium, you're just trying to make like shitty tight ends relevant. I just, I don't know the way that I, I think about it is like wide receivers are just more important in general than tight ends. Um, so that flex position, like, yeah, the wide receiver is the deepest, most skilled position on the football field. That's why they get paid the most right now. So just like in fantasy football, you know, have that kind of be the edge, if you know what I'm saying. I don't know. That's just the way that I look at it. Like, yeah, tight end premium doesn't really do much for me besides make your Friar Muth a little bit more valuable as opposed to like like kelsey and andrews are just gonna be even more freak shows there's gonna be it's not gonna create any separation there it's it's there's gonna it's gonna be the exact same separation that currently exists with the tight ends it's just gonna try to make them a little bit more relevant to wide receivers and at the end of the day it's like why what's what's the point i don't yeah, well, I mean, with the with the flex spot, it's like you consider wide receivers at that tier more valuable because they see more targets. And you know, deeper, they get the ball more, more, more yards, more skilled position. So that's kind of the way it should be, I think. Yeah. So if the if the tight ends were getting more points per reception, you would consider them in your flex spot. Aside from you know what I mean, not always pushing putting them to the side so we don't really need to dive any more into this no we do need to this is the tight end rankings it's the only time to dive into it okay that's what that's why i feel like it's not if it's just if it's just a way to have the tight ends be considered in the flex position it's like okay that's not a good enough reason to change up 
the scoring of fantasy football. It's not the only it's, reason. It's just part of one of the reasons why people yeah, adapt the tight end premium. That's all. <laughs> it's one of the reasons. Not the only reason. You're not trying to summarize yeah, this that's to work in your right. brain, but um, yeah, there's multiple reasons why people. I'd like to have someone on here that actually adapts it, and I, I would too. Um, yeah, I want to hear would, someone sell me on it. Yeah, that would be very interesting for me to see as well. Yeah. So. Uh, well, <clears throat> let's uh, let's talk about the top two guys, Kelsey Andrews. I don't think that changes. Um, you know, the big question behind Kelsey is, is his age going to ever catch up to him? Uh, to be honest, I'm a little worried about that. Like you saw his back injury late last season. That was pretty concerning. Um, that would have killed their playoff run in my mind. Um, but, you know, he's out there for another year. He's going to continue to be a target hog, a tight end. You know, I mean, what are you going to – you can't really knock – Kelsey or put him behind Andrews until you see a serious slowdown. So I think Andrews has a lot better of a year than last year, as well as that entire uh, Ravens offense. But that's the one two, pretty much clear one two for me. I think you're there. Yeah, absolutely. There's not much else to add there. Uh, Kelsey is Kelsey, and he deserves to be the number one tight end and the number one tight end drafted. That's why he's going in the first round. So. Yeah. Um, Talk about Hawkinson. Cause I don't have much to say about him. Like I know everyone's super high on him and put him in that, like not Kelsey Andrews tier, but kind of a tier of his own, um, in between, I mean, in between him and the next one for sure, you know? Um, so tell, tell us about talking Hawkinson and why you have met three and everyone else is on his jock. I, I just don't, follow that whole thing too much um well i mean if you just look at his utilization when he went to the vikings last year it's uh pretty obvious why people are on his jock um i from uh what was that i can't remember exactly what week it was right around trade deadline uh that he joined the vikings and since then he he ranked first among all tight ends and receptions he had more receptions than travis kelsey from that week on uh he was 10th in contested catches second in yards uh you know he, the guy's the guy's a monster, and the the Vikings love to pass the ball. So, uh, you know, high powered passing offense that's going to throw the ball a lot. Uh, pretty valuable with the target rate or the target uh, breakdown. You know, he seems to be the number two target right now behind Justin Jefferson. Is that going to change with Jordan Addison? Possibly, but I still think there's enough to go around that would make Hawkinson a top three tight end. Um. Yeah, uh, I again, I don't never really have had much to say about Hawkinson, so I'm going to leave that to Ryan. But I have Matt Four. Um, you heard about you know the targets that he's been getting there, caught 86 balls on 130 targets. Um, he's going to be in a pass happy offense. I just think the Vikings suck, uh, or I think they're. I shouldn't say I. I think they suck. I think they're going to have a bad year. Um, they won 10 games last year that were what single digit or one score games. Um, that's not going to remain the same. It just isn't. Um, so that division's up for grabs. I think the offense is going to change a little bit more than, um, than they expect with losing cook and Thielen to, you know, cornerstones of that offense. And they have a really tough schedule at the beginning of the year. So, I'm just not very high on the Vikings. Um, 
I have Pitts at three. And honestly, like, this is another one of those things that scares me. I have London high. I have Pitts high. Bijan doesn't scare me as much, but I'm projecting the Falcons to win the division and be a lot better this year. But I'm also not very comfortable with their quarterback. So uh, it is a little scary. That being said, I think that those skill position players, they are so good that Ritter doesn't really need to be that good. He just needs to be his athletic self. So Pitts is going to realize his potential at some point. So why not be this year? Um, in my mind, he's probably, he is the most athletic tight end by far. Um, so in order for the Falcons to win the division this year, you're going to have to see this Bijan, London, and Pitts trio kind of start to take off. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully this is the year that it really does take off, but you'll, I think you'll at least see flashes in it. So, you know, Hawkinson. We're talking about him having 900 yards and six touchdowns being the number two tight end last year. Uh, I just think you're going to start to see, you know, Pitts, like his rookie year, a thousand yards. You're going to start to see certain guys that um, as we have this transition in the tight end room, I think you're going to see a very big separation between like a tight end wide receiver hybrid and a true tight end. And I think Pitts is going to be one of those guys, maybe the main guy. So uh, I expect to see a little bit of separation um, this year. That's why I have met three. I don't really have any other reason. Um, yeah. Yeah. I have him down at nine. I just, I can't get behind that. I just uh, Pitts to me is just so risky. Um, yes. He's the number two passing option on this team behind Drake London, but I don't know that thousand yard season was with, uh, Matt Ryan, who, I mean, say what you want about Matt Ryan. He still, he was still slinging the ball well enough to, uh, provide a thousand yard season for his tight end. But I mean, in three touchdowns in two seasons, the guy's got to get involved in the, in the red zone and, um, definitely possible, but I'm not gonna, I'm not willing to take that bet. Fair enough. Um, what about uh, Darren Waller? We have pretty pretty high up there. I have met four. You have met five. I mean, how do you, how can you say anything bad about Waller? You know this this Giants team. The wide receiving core is very uh, unestablished. You don't know who's going to emerge, and it's pretty obvious to me right now that Darren Waller is going to be the number one target. Um, and I think that's going to be pretty obvious early on. Yeah. I don't have anything else to add. He's a probably the biggest physical freak out of this entire list. And he's going to be targeted as a number one on his team, just like Kelsey and Andrews. I could probably see his ceiling being at number three. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's how I feel with that. Um, Next at five, you have Goddard. Um, so I'd like to hear what you have to say about that. I have him down at eight. Um, but um, yeah, talk about Dallas Goddard here at at five. Yeah, Dallas Goddard someone I really like this year. Um, I mean, he's on one of the best teams in the NFL. 
you know, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, he increased uh, his receiving yards per game with each passing year. Uh, he's just been getting better and better. You know, uh, he's coming off uh, back-to-back seasons with at least, uh, you know, better than 10 yards per target, which is very intriguing to see that he's not just that, uh, you know, short yardage dump off type of tight end. And, uh, you know, like I said, the, the Eagles are a great team and he's the third option on there behind Devontae Adams and uh, A.J. Brown. So I think you're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of potential scoring opportunities for him. And I think he's going to be pretty close to that top five by the end of the year. Yeah, I have met eight. Um, so my thoughts on Goddard, like he has a high floor and a low ceiling. Like I don't. Yeah, I'd agree had, with that. He, he, he had, I mean, granted this was 12 games last year, so he hasn't played more than 15 in his last four years, but you know, he has gotten 87 in 2019. He had 87 targets and that's the most in his career, which led to six, 58 catches. So in my mind, like, I don't know. They used him a little bit more last year. He had 55 catches, 69 targets in 12 games. So, you know, that number went up for sure. But I still think at most he gets you 70 catches, which would lead in my mind, to, you know, 850 yards and three to five touchdowns. So I just don't think he's got a very high ceiling, uh, especially being like, the third receiving target in a Jalen Hurts led offense. Um, mm-hmm. But he is, his floor is really high. So, like, he's kind of, he's kind of just a solid, like, you know what you're going to get, stable pick um, at tight end. So, uh, you know, I, I can't say anything bad about him. I just think that his, his ceiling is, um, is, is relatively low compared to, who I have above him in Dalton Kincaid um, and Greg Dulcich, kind of. I mean, uh, definitely Kincaid because he's the kind of guy that I'm, you know, I alluded to with Pitts is he's potentially going to be one of these tight, labeled as a tight end, but utilized as a receiver. Um, you've heard all, all, all the hype throughout camp. He's potentially going to be in that. Cole Beasley type role, which means his targets are going to be just insane. Uh, I think Kincaid can be used like a wide receiver. Um, and if that's the case, we saw Hawkinson's numbers of 86 catches, 900 yards and six touchdowns. And that was enough to be the number two tight end. Like those numbers should be all pretty realistic for Kincaid if they're going to use him as they've talked about using him. Um, yeah, absolutely. So like there's a potential that he's going to have that, you know, break the position type numbers um, even as a rookie. So I, I think he does get there and if he does, then I think I could easily put him in the top three. Um I have him as top six just to be a little bit reserved with the um, him being a rookie and, you know, we'll see when it comes into a live game. I, there's still, you know, he still is a rookie, but I, I, you know, I think 
easily he could finish in the top three this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, with the upside, he's going much later than Goddard. I'm just going to draft him 10 out of 10 times more than Goddard. Um, and then Dulcich, very simple with him. It's Russell Wilson, Sean Payton, having that offense take a big step forward this year, and they both like to use the tight end. And I think Dulcich is one of the more talented ones in the entire league from a you know peer t- peer skill standpoint. So um, yeah, that's why their ceilings are the reason why I have them uh, above Goddard. Yeah, understandable. I totally get that. Um, yeah, but you know, just to make it known to everybody, we the show does have Dalton Kincaid and Greg Dulcich very high, a lot higher than they're being drafted, um, and. You should be taking them over those other players. Uh, you know, D- Dallas Goddard, I, I think, is going to be a great tight end. But where he's being drafted, I just don't want a tight end at that spot because of how much more valuable the running backs and wide receivers are. Yeah, it's and then, a dead zone. Yeah, so where you can get Dulcich and Kincaid, there's just so much value there later on that yeah. that's what we're going to be going for every time, and uh, you should be as well. So Yeah, if you're not drafting Dulcich and Kincaid, then – you're drafting Kelsey and Andrews. Like literally those are the only four tight ends that I, that I'm drafting this year and I'm probably not drafting Kelsey. So, you know, it's Andrews in the third or it's Dulcich and Kincaid very late. And that's kind of how I'm structuring or targeting literally every single draft. Um, yeah. And I am willing to, you know, jump the gun on someone like Kincaid. So um, yeah, that's just kind of how I feel. Rankings reflect that. Um, I got Kittle at nine just because I think he is aging a little bit. Um, He's such a physical, awesome blocker, uh, heartbeat of that offense, but I don't know that he's able to string that really for a full season, that same energy. He's a high-energy player. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I just have him at nine because I think the uh, some of those guys we just mentioned are starting to eclipse him. Yeah, at this point. Yeah, I have him a little bit higher, um, just for the reason of what we saw last year with Purdy, and Purdy seems to be the guy right now. Uh, obviously, we don't know for sure what's going to happen, but uh, you know, Kittle saw a career high last year in touchdowns. He had eleven touchdowns, uh, seven of which came in the last four games with Purdy. So, um, if that seems to be the case moving forward, Kittle's going to have a great year. And uh, but he is known to be a very boomer bust type of player. You really can't anticipate when he's going to have those good games versus those bad games. So just keep that known when you're drafting George Kittle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I guess at the 10 spot, rounding out my top 10, I have David Njoku. Um, Again, I am pretty high on the entire Browns offense. So uh, Njoku is one of these tight ends that's just physically – He's just a physical monster, honestly. Um, yeah, he's a beast. He he is a straight-up monster out there. Yeah, I mean, um, absolute, you know, beast. And I, I think he's just going to get better with that offense. So that's really the only reason. I mean, I have Evan Ingram at 11, and um, 
he is coming off a career year. He's in the same offense. They're all together. I think that's another offense that's going to take a big step forward. But yeah. you know, you do you do have Ridley in there with another mouth to feed. Um, I don't know. I still think Ingram's going to be great and have some really great games. But uh, supposedly it looks awesome in camp. So I have those two really neck and neck. But what do you think about Ingram? Uh, what do you think about Njoku? You have them at 10 and 12. Yeah, I have Joe Njoku rounding out my top 12. Um, I have Ingram higher. Just I just think the, the Jags are going to pass more. Um, the Browns have a top-tier offensive line. They have a top-tier running back. Um, Deshaun Watson is going to get back to his normal self, I believe. But um, I just think that... Trevor Lawrence and the Jags are going to be throwing the ball more, uh, more targets to go around, more yards to go around. And I think Evan Ingram is going to kind of continue what he was doing last year. Obviously not as much with the addition of Calvin Ridley. So tame expectations with him, but I mean, Evan Ingram is going to be involved in the passing game. He's going to be spread out. He's not just your typical um, run of the mill, uh, you know, lineup where a normal tight end lines up. Evan Ingram, I think, lines up outside a lot more than a Joku too. So I think that kind of helps with uh, my theory here. But uh, what about Pat Fryermuth? We both have in this pocket as well. I've met 11. You have met 13. The Muth in Pittsburgh. Um, it's, I don't know. He seems like another player like what we talked about with Goddard. Uh, you know, he has a high floor, low ceiling type of guy. Very trustworthy. He's going to get you those eight points, eight to ten points a week. And I don't know if he'll get much more than that on a weekly basis, maybe up to 15, depending on how Pickett does. But what's your gauge on on the Muth? I don't have much to say about him. I think he's a solid tight end. He's going to be on the field and he's going to be a part of the offense. But yeah, you're never going to, he's never going to wow you. There may be a game or literally a game where he gets two touchdowns and is the number one tight end of the week. But other than that, it's just going to be steady Eddie top 10, you know, top 15 every week. I don't it just, yeah, he's never, <laughs> I don't have much to say about him. That's just, yeah, he's a role. very bland type of player. Uh, the role he, in my opinion, it's the role he plays in that offense. He, he's the next, you know, the new Heath Miller, but um, I have at 12, I have Sam Laporta, uh, great reports out of camp. Oh yeah. I just think he's got a really good role um, on a on an offense that's going to be really fun to watch and score a lot of points. Um, but you know, when you start to, to get down to this range, you're getting into the touchdown dependent tight ends. Uh, I think that's what he is. I think that's what Cole Komet is at 14. Um, so you know, I like them both a lot, and I think they're talented, good tight ends. But um, they're in. Laporta's in a pretty packed offense. Um, I could see him being a goal line th- or a, a red zone threat, though, that Goff trusts and you know likes to target. So, um, yeah, he's going to be awesome. I have him well above his ADP, uh, definitely high on, on on Laporta. What do you – I mean, tell me about Cole Komet and Laporta. I know you got Laporta down at 15 uh, Dalton Schultz just ahead of him. Just talk to me about your 10 to 15 range there. Um, yeah, uh, Cole Komet, I like the most um, based on how he ended the season last year. He had like seven touchdowns in the last 10 weeks. Um, you know, really finding a groove with Justin Fields 
uh, towards the end of the season, and I think they're going to capitalize off that. I think Cole Komet's just going to be a trusted target for him, and um, I think you're going to see that throughout the season. Uh, but Dalton Schultz, Schultz is someone who I've been higher on lately um, just for the fact that, again, it's just like Darren Waller in the Giants. Dalton Schultz is in a on a team with unestablished wide receivers. You really don't know who's going to emerge as the top target for for uh, CJ Strad, but Strahd. it very well it very well could be could be Dalton Schultz. So I think uh, that's someone you should keep an eye on later on in drafts, and I'm willing to take a chance on him with Laporta. Laporta has got upside, man. Like I know you were talking about him just being a or kind of uh, excelling in the red zone, and that's absolutely true. But I think you know even more so than that. I think he might be become a trusted target for uh, Jared Goff with uh, Jamison Williams not being with the team for the first six weeks. Uh, the other wide receivers on that team don't really wow me or very impressive, but other than Jameer Gibbs, but I could see Laporta being the third target on that team for the, throughout the first six weeks and forming a nice connection with, with Goff. Yeah, I agree. Um, things will change. I, it, for me, I'm more worried about Gibbs being a huge part of that offense in the passing game and then Jameson Williams coming back. I don't know. I, it, it seems like it's really crowded, but he's going to be awesome. So, you know, I, I definitely want to share two of them. Um, yeah. I have Trey McBride at 15, which is pretty high on McBride. Um, yeah. I think that he's just been an awesome receiving tight end in his past, and that's kind of who he is as a football player. Uh, Zach Ertz, to me, it's going to be tough to come back from an injury like that at that stage of his career. Uh, but being a young guy like McBride with that much of receiving potential, uh, being able to learn from Ertz, I think that's going to do wonders for his career. Uh, and he's going to surprise a lot of people this year. Schultz, you kind of you, you said it with Schultz. I actually think that was the best possible landing spot for him yeah. uh, in, ter in terms of repeating that type of production. Because uh, you have a rookie quarterback with a young, unproven wide receiver room, so I think that's just uh, uh, you know a place where he can step in and have a huge role, like he did last season. Uh, and Tyler Higby, I mean, he's been your steady, sure-handed catcher for Stafford. Um, if that offense has success or even close to the Super Bowl potential, like they had two years ago, you're going to need to see Stafford healthy, Cup get back into his wide receiver one role. Higby continue to be that sure-handed uh, safety net for Stafford, and then Akers take a massive step forward. So is that possible? Yes, I definitely think it is. Uh, so we'll see if that happens. Um, and then, yeah, I round out my top 20 with Chigan Conquo. It's interesting that... He's going to be a pretty good vertical threat for them. It's just how much will he be on the field and how much will they be able to find him there. But I think stylistically, like Hopkins and Traylon Burks do allow him to unlock that, which is what his best receiving uh, you know, quality is. So if you can stretch him down the field and find him, there's going to be value there. I, I just I'm not on the Chig train as much as everyone else. Mm -hmm. Gerald Everett and Hayden Hurst. So Hayden Hurst, same exact situation as Dalton Schultz. Um, he hasn't really been a receiving target like he has hoped to be, but 
at least camp is saying that him and Bryce Young have a connection. Gerald Everett, I have at 19. Like one of these days, I'm going to find the charger that I'm going to be bullish on. Okay. Uh, individually, I have them all like lower than ADP. And I, I just, I, I don't know if it's because I think everyone's on that offense and they're all overvalued or what, but I, I got to figure that out someday. I don't know. I I don't know. (laughs) Hopefully someday soon, Mike, the the season is approaching quickly. Yeah. I'll let you guys know when I do, but um, yeah, that's my top 20. You go ahead and I mean, there's a few guys that I'd like you to talk about. I'd like to hear what you have to say about Gasicki and Hunter Henry. And then you have Musgrave who didn't make my top 20, but I'm very high on and the reports are glowing uh, coming from Green Bay. Yeah. So I have a uh, uh, Gasicki at 16, followed by Higby, Musgrave, Gerald Everett, and Chig Um, You know, with Gasicki, I have him highest on, in this pocket just uh, for the you know, very similar to what I was talking about with other places, how, you know, the wide receiving core is not very good. And in, in the Patriots, that's another group that I'm just not confident in. And the way that people, the Patriots are talking about Mike Kosicki just really gives me a lot of hope for him. Uh, they're using him in the slot. He's not your typical tight end. They view him more as a wide receiver. Um, he's always been good in that kind of role. He just was kind of underutilized in Miami. So, um, I think he has a little uh, rejuvenation here in New England and uh, I think could become a very solid target for Mac Jones this year. So I am t- willing to take the chance on Gasicki later on in drafts as a backup tight end. Um, Higby, you mentioned it. You know, if the Rams have any sort of success, Higby is going to be a big part of that. Um, outside of Cooper Cup, you know, what do you well, think Van Jefferson? Let me cut you off. I want to hear, like, what is – what is Hunter Henry's role? Cause he's like being drafted way lower, but I think he's still going to have a pretty like decent role in that offense. I'm, I'm not even really considering Hunter Henry at all. Um, but like I'm, from a football standpoint, I know fantasy, but like football standpoint, he's going to be on the field as much as Gasicki. Yeah. But you know, uh, like I said, Gasicki's not lining up as a tight end. So Hunter Henry is going to be in the game as a tight end. They're going to be splitting Gasicki out wide running. The the Patriots love running two tight end sets. That's just what they do. I've read the reports saying that they're watching film of Gronk and Aaron Hernandez, and they're trying to do something similar with these two guys. But if that's the case, then that means there's going to be a role in the passing game for Henry as well. I just don't know why no one's talking about him at all. Yeah, I just I'm I'm not willing to take a chance on him. I don't I don't think I don't think Hunter Henry is really going to be involved in the passing game. Like I think maybe like he'll get some targets. Obviously, he's a part of that offense and he's going to be on the field a lot. But I'm I don't think they're going to be valuable targets. I don't think he's going to do much with him. And I think Kasicki is going to outshine him pretty drastically in this offense. Yeah, I think like from a tight end or from a touchdown standpoint, that's why. Gasicki has value, but I, I still see there being a role for Hunter Henry there. I don't know that I would just, I, I think him being a tight end 30 is undervalued, I guess, is all I kind of have to say. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, it's, I'm writing him seems, off. I'm, it seems pretty egregious that he would be outside of the top 32. Um, 
with how important he's been and the connection that him and Macaroni had just two years ago. But anyways, um, Musgrave, how did he run 24 miles per hour? I I don't know. I, I think he may have hopped on the back of a cart and while it was driving down the field. And he I, I don't know how. An hour. Yeah, I don't know how that makes sense. But if that's the case, if he is out there running 24 miles an hour, watch out. Luke Musgrave is going to be deadly on the field on the football. I mean, was that just a bullshit report? I don't understand. I mean, I, I, I doubt it, but you really never know. Like you, you really don't know. So I, yeah, I don't know. I I mean, we're inclined to believe the report coming out of camp that he ran that fast, but it's just hard to believe. So, Um, but I just think out of these wide, out of these tight ends in this pocket right here, that Musgrave has legit upside. Um, Jordan Love, what kind of quarterback is Jordan Love? You know, we're going to find love? out what is Love. Yeah. Um, but there's me. that unknown. There's that unknown that's valuable that Musgrave could become a very valuable tight end uh, for the Packers and be a legitimate passing option for Love. So uh, just that that unknown and that possible upside, I have him inside my top 20. Yeah, I love it. Um, I agree. Any last thoughts? Um, no, I mean, tight ends down here are just hard to, hard to trust on a weekly basis in your lineup. So, um, yeah, I feel like we've covered all the ones that really should be talked about and, uh, and yeah, that's about it. All right. Well, my final thoughts are draft Kelsey Andrews punt the rest of the position until the best value comes along with Kincaid and Dulcich. Otherwise, I, I mean, not interested, but depends on roster construction. So reach out, ask any questions, and we will uh, definitely give you uh, our thoughts there. And as always, everyone, buckle up.